0: life and now for our speaker
1: welcome this morning to the day of Pentecost amen And thank you for reading that scripture about the Holy Spirit falling on his people you now Pentecost is the day in the church when the church gathers like we are now in line in person and we remember the day that everything changed for the church. Now, yes, it is true that the day that Jesus went to the cross was the day that the world changed. Everything in the world changed on that moment when he was on the cross giving his life as sacrifice. But the day of Pentecost, this day that we're celebrating today, was a gift of, strategically given to the church by God himself the day that God's spirit fell on the disciples forever changing the course of the church to never be the same and the church God had decided earlier the church was not going to be a group of of misled misguided people that was not going to be his church A wing it, or or try your best. He was going to be be giving them something that will carry them through, something to give them power, to help them remember, to give them words in their mouths. He didn't offer his son as a sacrifice for for only for all of us just to, to miss it, to miss it. Pentecost is God not only giving us clear vision and direction, But it is also the proof in his promise. For surely I am with you always. I am with you always. He did not abandon his people. He did not abandon his church. He didn't do it. He was there. He will always be there. He is here with us now. He's here. And he will always be with us. Therefore, go. And make disciples of all nations. For surely, I am with you always. To the very end of the age. be spoken, and if I say anything that is not from your scripture, not from your truth, correct me on the spot, Lord. So, Father, I pray this this morning in Jesus' name, amen. Well, today, this morning, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 10, that's what we're going to be doing. Now, wait a minute, Captain, hold on, I thought we had to look at Acts chapter 2, I thought that was written in the Bible, that we had to look at Acts chapter 2 on Pentecost Sunday, Well, this may be true. In years past, I would come up on Pentecost Sunday and I would preach from Acts chapter 2, which is the the, the day that the the Spirit fell on the disciples. However, given the series that we've been in for the last month or so, Therefore Go, I actually did a very deep dive into that exact scripture just a few weeks ago. And so if you missed it, and you're really wanting to get to satisfy that hunger, that that thirst about the Spirit falling onto the disciples on Pentecost. I encourage you to go back and watch that. But today, I, I instead I want to spend some time seeing. Spend some time seeing that Acts chapter two wasn't a one-time deal. It wasn't a one-time deal. It wasn't that, that God only fell on those original disciples and that's it. We just got a story out of it and we can see what God can do when he, when he does fall on his people. But today I'm going to say that he still doesn't. And we actually don't have to look that far to see exactly what I'm talking about. That, that, because it's just simply not true that only the original disciples have the Holy Spirit. We could just go to Acts chapter 10. I'm quickly reminded of this story. And you've heard this story. I know you have. But I'm reminded of this moment, which is well after the day of Pentecost. Pentecost was already in the past. That had already happened. And there have actually been some significant things that have taken place since the day of Pentecost by the time we get to Acts chapter 10. A lot of stuff has happened. Some of the things are the disciples are scattering throughout the world. Since then, they've taken this gift. They, they they've been able to speak another language instantly. They were able to speak another. And so, guess where they did? They went to that country where they can speak. Why? So they could bring the good news of Jesus Christ. So by the time Acts chapter ten is happening, they're out already spreading the gospel in different countries. And then, in Acts seven, the church saw its first martyr the first person that after Jesus' resurrection and ascension who stood before a crowd and proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ and he did so at the cost of his life. He wasn't going to back down. And in fact, they took stones and they threw it at him until he was no longer with us. But God said, he put him to sleep and he felt no pain. But Martin, Stephen, the martyr, this has happened already. This word has traveled out. And then we see just moments ago, right before Acts 10 actually, that the famous Saul, the persecutor of the church, who enjoyed who enjoyed destroying what God what Jesus was building, just a moment ago, he was saved and became one of the strongest voices of our faith. That just happened. And now we find Peter and Joppa on a roof. He's praying, he's kneeling before the Lord at a house that he's staying at and he's going into a prayer with him. And so God speaks to him and he tells Peter, three men will be arriving soon to your house looking for you. Do not hesitate to go with them for I have sent them. So Peter comes out of his prayer and when he left the roof to come downstairs, he found these men that God was talking about waiting for him. They were already there. And so as he was coming down the steps, Peter saw them. And without hesitation, he said, I'm the one you're looking for. What do you want? What you need? What are you you looking for me for? And so one of them spoke up and said that we have come from Cornelius the centurion. An angel told him to have you come to his house. So that he could hear what you have to say. A Roman centurion has sent these men to come look for me? Peter is probably wondering why, why in the world is a Roman general, why Roman centurion, who is the the face of the oppression, the one who has, has tormented my people, the ones who has been trying everything that they can to separate us from pursuing a life that God wants us to do. Why does this guy want us to come to his house? Why? But nonetheless, Peter said, you guys are coming with me. I ain't going along. Come on. And he brings a few guys with him. So Let's go see what this is about. And so he travels back with these men to this Roman's house. I wasn't down the street. Scripture says it was a day's journey overnight. So he's had some time now with these guys out in the desert, hopping around, probably figuring out why am I going to this guy's house? Why is this person bringing me here? These guys aren't talking. You guys in for this? I don't know what we're getting ourselves into. But then, when they arrived to the house, when they got to the centurion's nice house, Peter saw something most unusual. Something he wasn't quite expecting to see, especially from a Roman. He saw Cornelius, the master of the house. He saw his family, his friends, and his servants waiting for him at the door. Waiting. That's a bit unusual. And then as they're getting closer, Peter is reminded of the Jewish law that strictly states that a Jew cannot, cannot, associate with a gentile you can't do it a non-jew that it is strict they are seen as unclean they are unclean i cannot associate with these people in fact the law says i can't even go into their home and i'm sure on the journey on the desert over there he's thinking that i can't that the law says i can't do that God, why are you sending me to do something that you know i can't do I can't do. And here they are waiting for us at the front door. And so Peter gets off his caravan He gets his guys. Okay, guys, get ready. And he's probably thinking, if it was me sitting in that position, he's probably thinking, all right, God, you've, you told me to go. Maybe you want me to do some prison ministry. That's what it is. That's what it is. Because I'm pretty sure that's what's about to happen. I'm going to walk into this house, and I'm, I'm going to be arrested because Word has got it around about who I follow. You know what? Maybe even maybe even more. Maybe this is it. Maybe right until I get past those doors, what's waiting for me is actually a death sentence. They just did it to Stephen. He was just martyred. I know how you guys think. Maybe that's what's waiting for me behind the door. Lord, is this it? Is, was this the full fulfillment of what you had for me? If it is, I'll go. And so Peter... I'm talking about in true faith. He doesn't know what's happening. Peter crosses the threshold into the house, into this Roman general's home. And then what we see is Cornelius, who leaves his family and his friends and his servants behind, and he approaches Peter. And I'm sure Peter can feel the tension and Cornelius approaches him and immediately falls to his knees, and he starts to bow in reverence to Peter, that you are a servant of the Most High God. Is this true? Is this true? And, and Peter, without missing a beat, Peter, immediately,, Sir, what is, what's going on? I'm not expecting. It. Get on your feet, stand to your feet, and he helps him up off of the ground. And Peter says to him, stand up. I am only a man myself. I'm not the one to worship. That's not me. Get on your feet. And so he helps this Roman general, this this, this person who outranks him in every section of life, off the ground, who's bowing to Peter. And he says, I'm not the one to worship. And what happens next is simply amazing. It is simply amazing. We, you and I, in Acts chapter 10, are, are witnesses to a brand new foundation being poured out for the church. Completely brand new foundation. A foundation that even the disciples themselves didn't know what was about to happen. They didn't know. Peter, Peter's not in the know what's going on here. He's crossing the threshold just because he's faithful. And then here's what's happening. Peter didn't know what was waiting for him in the house. All he knew is that it was unusual, it was against the law, and it was unknown. That's what is the three things he was walking in on. But when Cornelius stood back up to his feet and he looked Peter eye to eye, God did something. And it's easy for us to miss. He did something. Not just to Cornelius. He did something to Peter. He did something to him. He actually converted, he he opened Peter's heart. He touched it. And then he opened his eyes. And what Peter saw was a man seeking after the Lord. He didn't see a Roman centurion. It wasn't a general, it wasn't a Gentile. It was a soul, it was a heart. A master of the house on his knees before his servants. He was willing to humble himself before his own servants on the ground. Peter saw this, and Peter was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And so right then and there, Peter shared with the household. He opened his mouth, and he said to everyone standing there, You are all aware, all of you are aware that it is against our law to associate with Gentiles or to even visit them, to come into your home. You're aware that this is against our law. But God has shown me that I should not call any person impure or unclean. He has shown me. I now realize, Peter says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. But he accepts from every nation. All men, all women who are calling upon him. He accepts them. This household, this household knows the message that God has sent to the people of Israel. Telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. Who is Lord of all. You know, all of you know. What is happening throughout Judea. The beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. You know this. I know this household knows this. I know you've heard the message of Jesus Christ with your ears. But I was there. I saw it. I saw it all happen. We were witnesses. We saw it happen. We were witnesses of everything that he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. It is true. What you've heard is true. He was hung under a tree and killed at the cross. That's true. But God raised him from the dead on the third day. I tell you, I have seen him. He is alive. I was witness to this. He has not been seen by all people, but by the witnesses from whom God had chosen. By us who ate and drank with him. We saw him. We ate with him after he rose from the dead. And so now, we tell the world of these great things. Starting with this house. To everyone in this household, anyone who believes in him will receive forgiveness now. This is what Peter says. And the scripture says that when Peter was speaking, when he was talking In preaching, as Peter was ushering and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that something was happening within the household, something that was unexpected, that was not a part of the plan that day. The more that Peter spoke about the power of Jesus, the healing of Jesus, the authority of Jesus, the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus, the more he was talking about these things that household believed They believed so much so that according to Acts chapter 10, that so much so that that very moment. not later, after it's sunk in, when they've been able to take it to the, to the council and debrief the, the theological meanings behind everything, or which denomination should we be a part of? should that be the color of the chapel's uh, carpet? Not after all of that stuff, but in that moment when they were receiving the word of the Lord, it says that the Holy Spirit came on each and every single one of them and they were able to speak in different languages. The Spirit of the Lord fell on them. It fell on Cornelius, it fell on his family, it fell on his friends. It fell on His servants in that space right then and there. And in that moment, everyone had the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now let me tell you why that's important. Let me tell you what just took place. why this is a big deal is that this is the first account. This is the first account of the second blessing being poured out onto Gentiles. Not Jewish men, but to Gentiles. This was our day of Pentecost. That's what it is. This is our day of Pentecost. That right then, given to people like you and like me, that God had the Spirit of God ready. God had Peter come over that day to that house to show him what the real church is going to look like. It's not going to look like people that look like you. That's not my church. That's not only my church. That, that, that is going to look like the world. It's going to look like my church is going to cross cultural boundaries. <laughs> my church is going to do this. There isn't going to be a separation of class in the church of God. It's not going to happen. The spirit didn't fall on Cornelius. It fell on his servants. It fell on everyone who was willing and had an open heart and and a willing spirit to to be obedient to God. But in that day, in that moment, the church of Jesus Christ worldwide was born. The Gentiles now have a place. You and I are equally important and missional in the advancement of the kingdom of God. This is what this is. That God is saying, Peter, you are my rock. And this is what my church looks like. This is what the church looks like. It looks like it looks like that it doesn't matter if you're the master or you're the servant. You have the Spirit. The other Jews that came with Peter that day were, um, let's just say, as they were witnessing this, as Peter was obviously being used by God in in that moment, that the other guys are still out there going like this. What just happened? Uh, the scripture says they were astonished. They weren't expecting it. They didn't come in and go, Yeah, this is what God does, guys. This is what He does. I don't know why you're surprised. It's what He does. Now, we're talking men who followed Christ were standing at the door astonished. You meant them too, God? You meant them too? Yes, he did. He meant them too. And today, he meant them too. That Christ is for all. He is for all. His message, his love, his peace, his grace is for all. That God isn't just the God of the Christians. He isn't just the God of the Jews or the Gentiles, but the God of the agnostic, of the atheist of the Buddhists, of the, of the Muslim, the Hindu. He is the God of the world. This is our God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is who we serve. He isn't something that we chase after. He chose us. He chose us. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we put our faith in who I know, if I had an open microphone down there and I said, tell me what Lord is, God is doing in your line, it would be lines and lines of goodness and grace and mercy. But there will also be some times where you have to say, well, he did some hard work in me. I was stubborn, but he was patient. I wanted to go this way, but God just, he, was, he, was, he just loved me so much, he wouldn't let me go. I didn't want to serve him. I ran, every, I ran as far away as possible from him. But he was, he was there. He was there. But this, this moment in Acts chapter 10, this is our moment. This is for us. God loves you. He loves you. And so then, <laughs> I guess Peter uh, wanted to wrap things up. So he told the household, Can anyone, can anyone keep these people from being baptized? Do we have the right? Do we have the authority to prevent them from pursuing Jesus? Is it our rights to prevent them from committing themselves to the Savior? Can anyone keep these people from being baptized? And then he says, they've already received the Holy Spirit. Just like we, just like us. And so then he ordered, baptize these men and women for their brothers and sisters. Let me remind you, by the way, thus far in this entire scripture, that Peter hasn't left the threshold of the house yet. He's just crossed over, and he's standing there. Imagine what the next step's going to be for the church. That Cornelius, that he, the, the Roman centurion, had allowed his house to be a meeting place between the divine and the depraved. And what a beautiful collision that was. Have you received the Holy Spirit this morning? Have you received the Holy Spirit on this day of Pentecost? Are you like Cornelius maybe? You know the message of Jesus Christ, you know it. You've heard it, you even believe it. You've gone to the cross and have asked for forgiveness. You have experienced the healing grace of Jesus. You've done it. I know that. I felt that right here. Maybe you lived a life of addiction. Maybe that was the story, that was where, where, where the world had leaned you toward. And you can remember the moment when Jesus took all of that away. You remember You remember the time you spent on your knees, asking and, and, and pleading and, and asking for forgiveness, Lord. You remember, you could recall the moments. You, maybe you've experienced reconciliation that relationships that the world so they they should not be together in fact the world spends a lot of time trying to keep them apart you shouldn't be reconciled there should be things that you should not be be even in, in the same room but christ is saying that my church is for all that reconciliation of relationships is his specialty that's what he does you have an angry heart Let Him touch it anger turns to love I have no other ways to explain it. And so you may be thinking there that God's already done so much for me. What else could he do? What else could he do? He has already done so... What does he want with a guy like me? What does he want with me? And I'm gonna tell you, as I was writing this and I was, and I was praying on this, I asked, what, what do you want, God? What do you want? And he said, everything. I want Everything. I want your fear, I want your anger, I want your doubts, I want everything. I've created you to be more, to be more than this. But I also want your strengths. I want, I want your passion. I want, I want what you love, I want everything. Look at what he did to the centurion's household with just a willing heart. So the Spirit not only fell on him, but he fell on the entire household. And imagine what he could do to your household. Go and baptize all nations in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and surely I am with you always. If you don't know Jesus this morning, he's willing and ready to meet you.